All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you all back to another episode of the Daily Dollar Short Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Martin. I'm with my partner in crime. Marlon, was good? Whoa. And we have a very special guest with us today, uh, educator, poet, writer, uh, multiple degrees, my sister from another mister, uh, Miss J.W. Pella, was happening. You make me sound way more important than I really am. How many I degrees do you have? I mean, where's a lie, though? I just right. Where's, where's, where's a lie? lie? So all those things are factual. I'll just say, you make me sound way more important than I do. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so, I mean, do you lie, though? That's the thing, though. Do you I, lie? That, that's not the point. I mean, weren't you, like, teacher of the year? I okay. Mean, All right. Now you're going too far. <laughs> See, I can start dropping accolades. No, we're not gonna go there like, right you now. You got recognitions and stuff. Like yes. you published and stuff. You know, are you that. are you denying Teacher of the Year award? I am not denying anything. Okay. I, okay. 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 All right. Aren't you like published in like different publications though and stuff like that? Okay. All right. All right. All right. So just making sure we good because I'm gonna hype it up. So uh, we're I'm super excited to have you on. It's been a while since you've been on. Yes. Uh, and, you know, we're happy to have you back. Um, and we're talking about something, you know, that is, I think for all of us, is important. We've all gone through different things. And, you know, the first thing we wanted to touch on was September being Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you've had your walk through mental health. Yep. We've been through it together for yes. like years <laughs> now. Like, like going all the way back to college, like 2005, 2006, yeah. you, know, in, you know, we have been on this journey together where we have shared a lot with each other. And then Marlon, you and I have talked about it a lot too, just being black men, being fathers, you yeah. know, going through all these different things. And I think talking about mental health, you know, in general is important, talking about it even more so in the black community, especially with everything going on. Right. Uh, it's a lot of times a scary thing to discuss because we think Jesus solves everything and um, yeah that's not always the case Jesus can't mm -hmm. do it all like he paid it all but he can't do it all there's a big difference yeah he paid the bill but we, we got to do some of the work right and not for us to stay right. so I got to earn my rent right so with you just it, it, especially in this last year in this last eight, nine months we've lived, 2020, which has been a complete and utter shit show on so many different <laughs> levels. And even more so for black people, like it's been like it's been like a decades long build up to 2020 is not a good year. Yeah, it is for anybody, but even more so for black people. Right. And for people of color and you know, for for people of other ethnicities other than white. Like, like, let's be real. If you're not white, this year has sucked. Yep. You know, because, oh, COVID disproportionately affects people of color and minority communities. Right. Police brutality. You know, hey, you know, and then you're talking about now they're trying to get a vaccine and you need black people and people of color to participate in vaccine trials. And historically, yeah. that has not been a good look for us. Yeah, Xavier and, uh, and Dillard, uh, that was outrageous. Well, yeah. I'm going to say, I don't think it's outrageous, but, like, historically, you got to think about the context of that. When you talk about Tuskegee, 
when you talk about Henrietta Lacks, when you talk about historically how Black people have been taken advantage of for quote unquote scientific advancements, nah, fam, like th- there's very little trust there. Yeah, I mean, if anything, like, do across the board, like Tulane, Loyola, Xavier, mm-hmm. do, do, do like that. I don't say, oh, Dillard and Xavier only. That's fucked up. Well, was it, is it Dillard and Xavier? Do we know that's is Dillard and Xavier only? Uh, to my understanding, yeah. Cause saw uh, somebody made a post about it a couple weeks ago about the the newsletter that they received. Yeah, I did see it. Yeah, yeah. So I think those are only two colleges to get um, that notification. So yeah, I don't think Loyola Tulane got that. So. Yeah, see that's you know, and just talking about mental health, like you know, Santa, you're an educator. Mm-hmm. You're. So, so you have it even more. So, like, how has it been for you um, dealing with, like, the, the mental strain of it all? It has been a clusterfuck of everything. Um, <laughs> and I'm being nice when I say that. Um, I'm very grateful for the village I have because that's the only reason, that's honestly the only saving grace that I have. But um, as a teacher going back into the classroom and and having to put your fears on the back burner because you still have a job to do um it's it's something that can be done but it is a struggle and it's a struggle to be able to make sure that at the end of the day you worry about safety but you also are concerned about how your students are learning are they learning anything are they in a in a environment to where they can do that and so you have to kind of decide what you can control and what you can't and finding out what that means is probably one of the hardest things to do because as teachers we love control it's what we do and to not be able to do that efficiently or effectively is something that scares us and so most people are you know complaining and stuff like that about the safety of it but there's also a mental capacity to what we do as well because we're not Mm -hmm. just teachers some of us are therapists some of us you know are the only place that can be considered a safe haven for students Mm -hmm. and a lot of them don't get that opportunity now because of COVID so we're not just thinking about ourselves we think about our students we think about those that we work with on top of everything else that you're asking us to do. And it's not to say that we won't do it because I complain or not, I'm still gonna do my job. That's what you are paying me for. That's what I earned my degrees for. That's what I'm gonna do. But please understand that there is an emotional and mental tax that comes with that and respect that it comes with that because it's gonna be something that I have to deal with on top of everything else that you're asking me to do. You know, and, you know, and it's like some of us are are detached from it. Like I know with me working remote, I'm kind of detached from it. Like my my in being an introvert, being someone who doesn't do the large gatherings and stuff like this, stuff like that. There are moments, you know, this is a moment that I am more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. just because, you know, I don't have the large social gatherings. I don't have to worry about that. I never worried about it to begin with. So it was like, ah, I'm not really losing that much. But mm-hmm. being single, going through this, and not really having anyone 
close to share that with has been is where it's been taxing for me. And it's, it's like, kind of like, don't you have kids too on top of yeah, that? Yeah, I, I do. How do you deal with their emotional standpoint with learning and still maintain your sanity in the midst of this chaos? I've kind of given up on my own personal sanity. Uh, <laughs> just keeping it 100. I mean, you know, a long time ago, like, I took a really personal stand of, like, it is what it is. And you've heard me say that. I think both of y'all have heard me say that for years now. Yeah. Like, that's, I heard it. like if I had a token phrase, it is what it is. It's what it, what, it's what it is. So, and I just try to make the best of every situation. Like, it's not perfect. It's not ideal. Uh, you know, virtual school has been a shit show. The platforms <laughs> haven't worked. Uh, you know, you're asking, you know, my son's just turned eight and nine. So you're asking them to navigate multiple video meetings and click on this link and do this. When you got adults that they can't even figure out how to do this shit on a daily basis. Right? That part. <laughs> you got parents that don't know how to do this. So my eight and nine year old is supposed to be able to navigate this. Come on, bro. So, you know, it's like for me, and then I still got to work and I still got to take care of a house and I still got to pay bills. And, you know, that's kind of the easy stuff, you know, because I still got a job. Thankfully, I work from home. You know, I have the ability to navigate those things. So, but it's a lot. My biggest concerns are for my kids. Uh, that's where kind of all my focus has been. And I feel like once we get past that, maybe I'll have a breathing moment for me where I can say, you know, we're past it. Like I can breathe again, you know, and may maybe I'll have that. But until we get to that point, it's just going to be, you know, fight or flight, survival, making, always, always making the right decision. Like that, that's kind of like my thing. Like I always have to make the right decision. And sometimes I don't, and it really pisses me off. But for me, just as a parent, when I have two kids that are doing virtual school and I have to weigh, you know, sending them to school and interrupting my livelihood, because when they yep. need help with work, who, who's going to stop and help them? Dad, what is dad doing? Dad's at work. What does that have to do? Take a quick 30 minutes of PTO real quick or, or clock out for a half minute and go, go figure out and navigate what's going on. So that, that's where my stresses come from. But at the same time, you know, I've been blessed to have the help I've had with friends and family and, you know, just taking it day by day, like not getting overwhelmed. I mean, finding my time every day to just, whether it's just to watch a TV show or just unwind or have a drink or, just whatever it is. Right. Drink Martin, sounds I good. I don't know what you're drinking, by the way. I, I just wanted to put them out there. Um, I'm definitely drinking a Crown Apple. Normally, I'm a Ciroc <laughs> boy, but today's yeah. mood, I need, I need a Crown. Yeah. 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 I, I, I just, I just, I got to, matter of fact, I got to go open my bottle up. So, I'm a, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to some of that. Uh, once, I hate both of y'all right now. I love you, though. <laughs> you know we drink enough Crown when we together. So... <laughs> So that that never that that's yeah, but yeah, so, I mean, it's a lot. But well, Marlon, I know that you just had a kid, but how would you feel about you know your kid going out in this situation? Would you be okay with them going to school or? Nah, it's it's tough because I mean, right now he's ten months old. It's kind of hard to put myself in that mind frame of him going out to the world, dealing with people. So. 
I mean, I wouldn't be comfortable, but at the same time, I'd be, I'd be realistic because I work, April work, so it's like it comes to the point where we made that tough decision. Like, do we want to just keep them home or do we – well, I can't keep them home because we're both working. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like our hands are forced at that point to so, say, you know what, we don't like it, but this is what it is at this point. I mean, I ain't a lot of people got situations as well. You know, they're just – Right. They want to keep the kids home, but they can't because they both have to work. I mean, mm-hmm. that's where we are in modern times where both parents work. I mean, the old days, you know, the, the dad work and the mom stay home and take care of the kids or take care of the house, whatever, but not anymore. I mean, yep. you both parents got to work. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. So, I mean, yeah. Exactly. And that's, and that's why I can respect, like, my district's decision because some of my kids do come to school and some of them stay home. And I can respect both because I, yeah. I can see why – I can see your – your point of view that you know I'm, my hand is forced so I gotta do something but at yeah. the same time I also see those who keep them home virt- with virtual school so we just have to do the best that we can with both of them and yeah. hope you know something stick yeah, yeah. And they don't get completely off of Google oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly because right now I'm, I'm pretty, pretty lucky I mean right now he's 10 months old I mean he's not old enough to go to school just yet so we're thankful yeah. right now that he's young yeah. enough that hopefully by the time he just gets a little older, this whole thing is over with and right. go back to the normal right. life, you know. Or if it's not, teach him to take off the Google part whenever he cheats. That's all I ask. Oh, all I'm geez. saying, take off the Google part or the Wikipedia part when you cheat. That's all I ask. I, I don't ask for much else. Um, little Wikipedia. Yep. That, that part. You know, one thing I was looking at, and it's like, I feel like once we get to that, whatever is the, we're past this point, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to have that period of like mourning. Like you're going to go through the stages of grief. Cause right. I feel like COVID has all touched us one way or another. Right. Whether, yeah. I mean, I just know of late, like people that I went to college with, people that we went to college with, you know, at Northwestern have passed. Right, they have. A couple of them. You know, uh, one of my mom's very close co-workers who I, who I knew, you know, she was in her 40s, died from COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, here's the thing, they're all black. Yep. You, you know you know when you hear about a white person dying from COVID? Oh, they ain't gonna wear no mask. <laughs> they thought it was a hoax. It was a hoax all the way to the grave, and then it was real, and then their ass was dead. Like, black people, oh, we wearing masks, we washing hands, we doing all that. What happened still getting got. So it's like, you know, we're going to have to go through that, go through that whole, like, grieving period of it. It, You know, we got to go through the stages of grief and then just get to the point where it's like, you know, what do we, where do we go from here? And I think us as black Americans have to look at, and this is, this is my personal view on it, but I think it's something bigger that we need to consider. Like this world is a lot bigger than where we are. Mm-hmm. And maybe we need to reevaluate where we are in it. Well, a lot of people do because you could tell that like with mental illness, for example, a mm-hmm. lot of people have been closed-minded and think that, oh, it'll never happen to them. Or, you know, this is a person, I know this person, this person would never in a million life years be going, be bipolar or be anything else. 
And the hard part about that is, is that you don't always know what people are going through. Like, you don't know what people are experiencing in their homes and everything like that. And social media definitely won't help you figure that out because everybody don't know who they are whenever they're on social media and trying to portray something that they're not. So you're trying to deal with your own issues and your own problems, then you're seeing other people who have problems and they mm-hmm. are, you know, still living their life. God is still blessing them, blah, 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 blah. And it's it's a hard contrast and you're trying to deal with stuff yourself. And I know for me, whenever I was coming up, you, it was Jesus or nothing. You didn't have no mental issues. And so right. when I came out in my book and actually admitted that I actually had bipolar disorder, my family was like, oh, Really? And my mom was the first person shocked because she thought that, you know, Jesus solved everything. And for me to have it was something that she wasn't prepared for and a lot of people weren't prepared for, which is probably mm. why they shouldn't have read my book as, as they did. But that's their fault. <laughs> oh, um, God. Nope, that's their fault. They walked into that. That's their fault. I ain't got nothing. I don't have nothing. I have nothing to give they, they just need to give it to God. Yeah. <laughs> Let it go. Go and lay it on the altar and just let that happen. <laughs> see, see how that works for you. Let it go. Yeah, let it go. It's about so me. It's, yeah. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know. I mean, it's 2020 ain't it, though. That's all I got to say. I mean, it, yeah. just, you know, it, it's, it's, I say this, and a lot of people have been saying, like, 2020 is such a bad year. 2020 is the culmination. Of right. 2020 is, like, the culmination. Like, this is. This is, you know, it was like Kobe was the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> exactly. After Kobe died, like everything. It, it was a flood. Oh, my goodness. It was a flood. And then uh, Black Panther. I mean, it was like, bro, like, wow. Chadwick's gone. And it's like, bro, like, what are you. And for someone to be suffering like that and to still work. And to have close friends and those close friends not say a single thing about what's going That's on. That's strong. First off, you got an amazing squad. Let me let me go ahead and put that out. Yeah. If you want to know what it looks like to have an amazing squad and pick the right people around you, right. those people. Those people. First off, that's the thing. And then the second thing is, a lot of us are complaining about 2020. This dude worked for four years with stage four cancer and still made movies. Please don't tell me that you can't fix your life. Like, it's possible. It's just going to be difficult. It is difficult. Yeah, and, very difficult. And I'm gonna say this. And let's let's be real. And I think this looking at looking at his situation, you know, Chadwick Boseman, he really blew up playing Jack and Robinson. Yeah. Right. He blew, you know then James Brown, then Thurgood Marshall, then 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 you know he's the king. He's the king. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think uh, once he became Black Panther, it was a whole other level. Like it, it was, it cemented, uh, it cemented his place in Black history. Because right. let's be real, we've had iconic Black characters. You know, we had Denzel, mm-hmm. right? Will know, Smith, Will Smith as Ali. You know, we we had those those characters. We never had a king, right? You know, I look at that and it's like, I, I, you know, and I thought about this a while ago. I'm like, you know, of all the black characters we had, like Denzel playing Malcolm, you know, we had, uh, God, I can't remember the guy's name who played Martin Luther King and Selma. 
Uh, oh, I can't say his name. Oh, my oh yeah, they're talking about, they're talking about that. David, yeah, David, uh, uh, Willow or something like that. Some, yeah, I don't want to butcher it, but yeah, I he played Martin Luther King. You know, then you had Will Smith playing Ali, and it's like you've had black people play these really important figures in our history. Oh, but Jamie Foxx playing uh, Ray Charles, Jamie Foxx playing Ray Charles, you know, but we never had like a king. Like, you know, if you go back through like white characters and movies like that, they had King, they had King Arthur and King this and King that and you know, Greek gods and all this shit, right? Who who did we really have? We really didn't have nobody. And like it's fictional because T'Challa is not real. That's fine. But it's real, not hard stuff. But it's the imagery, like the imagery itself is what makes it real. Like his 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 demeanor, his behavior, the way he carried himself, the 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 regalness of him, just being him. When he was out of character, the way he carried himself, like wasn't in scandals, wasn't doing this, wasn't doing that, handled his business, you know, and it's like he he set the bar for what I felt like was like black excellence. Yeah. You know, he, he set that bar really high. And it's like, you know, this is what you aspire to be, whether you're going to be a king or not. You know, he said it really high and he did it really well. And it, it created that imagery on our heads of, you know, we have like this legend too. Because more than he was Chadwick Boseman, you know, more than he was T'Challa, you know, whoever else, he just, he was, he's an aspiration now that we'll always have and that we can always have for, you know, future generations. So were you as shocked when you got the news that he died as when Kobe died or was it like totally different feelings? I know for me, the sec, I, okay, so I woke up that morning and saw it on the news and I thought it was a joke. And I thought like whenever he died, I thought about Aaliyah because it was kind of the same same thing that happened with Leah. I woke up one morning, and they were saying stuff about her being in a car crash. And I was like, that's not real. And then um, more people started reporting on it, and I, it took me off of social media for a week, because I could not hear his name without me wanting to cry. Mm-hmm. And I was already dealing with, like, a personal family issue on top of that. So hearing about him, and then hearing about you know, what happened with my family was a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think that was, I was in disbelief. I'm going to be honest with you. When I saw it that night, because I saw it, I got the notification on my way to bed. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was genuinely like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Right. Like, you got to, you got to be kidding me. Like, like y'all, y'all, who who bullshitting? Like who 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 bullshitting? Like so. Here's the thing. And Marlon and I talked about this a few months ago when that picture of him circulated because we both saw it on Instagram. Yeah, the one where everybody and then everybody was like ridiculing him for like being skinnier and stuff. Yeah, cause see, I and Marlon, I'm sure you remember. I was like, I thought he was. It was something for maybe a role. Cause he was supposed to be yeah, playing like that black, the black samurai. The samurai, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so I was yeah, like, maybe, maybe it was like something that had to do with that role. 
Because, you know, when you see actors who are very, like, method actors into the character, Christian Bale has changed his yeah, body. Yeah, Christian characters. Bale. Yeah, yeah, you know, Matthew McConaughey, you know, Jared, uh, Heath Ledger. When you talk about guys like Jared Leto, you know, those guys, when they get into a character, they get into a character. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, like, he's, you know, he, he, he was in a Five Bloods. And then when I found that out, I was like, okay, Prisoner of War or something. I hadn't really seen the video, the movie yet. And then I was like, okay, Yusuke. And then, but, you know, I thought, you know, something might be wrong. You know, and then to see this, like, it was a lot. Like, I wouldn't really, like, I, it kind of, it, it was, I think I was more, I was more surprised than Kobe. I'll say that I was more surprised. I was more shook than I was with Kobe because we had had Kobe for 20 years. Like, yeah. Kobe had been like a fixture in our life for so long. Like, you know, sometimes things just run its course and then it's not there anymore. And I'm saying that Kobe wasn't still supposed to be here, but he had been here. And then for the way of how his passing happened, like it was, it was sad and it was unfortunate and it was unexpected, but it didn't feel the same because we had only had Chadwick for like what it felt like a few years. Yeah. You know, and don't get me wrong, Kobe 43. He wasn't, mm-hmm. he wasn't, he wasn't young. You know, he's 10 years older than us. Yeah. So, you know, you know, when you think about that, like he's not too far off from being Kobe's age. Mm-hmm. So he was closer to Kobe than we were. But we had only had him since what, 2015, 2014-ish? Like, it re- realistically, like, he had been in, in that spotlight. And, you know, you could go back further, like 2008, 2009, because he played in, I want to say, it was like draft day. Like, he had a character role in there. He played in that movie, mm-hmm. that movie about, uh, I want to say it was like Jim Brown. He was another, he was a character, like a, a side, like a, a supporting character. Yeah, he was a supported character in that. He, so, you know, he, he played in these other roles where he had smaller roles for historic for historical characters. But, you know, it just, we didn't really have him until recently. And it was like, you know, we were, I really felt like looking at him, we were looking at like Denzel 2.0. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I feel like, like for me, it just seemed that, well, Kobe, I was the first shock, but I really felt it with Chad because when I tell you Black Panther was probably my favorite movie of all time. Like, like literally, like, I watched the movie about three, four times, like, back to back to back. That's how good a movie I thought it was. And just to find out that afterwards he had cancer for four years is like, wow. So this man worked, you know, 12, 15 hours a day filming a, a movie. And once he's done filming, he's done doing press releases, like going like doing interviews. Not to mention like getting in shape to be in the movie. Yeah, so it's like he's dedicating his life to this craft, and nobody knows what he's going through behind closed doors besides you know, his friends, his wife. It's just it's so unfortunate where we lost somebody so young, and oh, it just it sucks, man. It really does suck because I was so looking forward to Black Panther two, 
It's like now, I'm like, I don't want to see it no more. I don't want to see them even kind of come up with that storyline where they replace them. I just let's leave it alone. Let's just let it rest. Let it be. Let it be. I mean, like, you can. I mean, you can. Yeah, you can. But, like, you know, so, so, and, and, you know, and we know that he's going to get a send off and we know that he's going to get different things. And we know that he is going to be given all the love and respect that he deserves. And just to just to point out, we have taken such a far away turn from mental so mental health awareness, but but look, whatever, because this affected all I of mean, our mental health. It's yeah, this is affected my mental health, so it pulls it, it yeah. lines. Yeah, yeah. So it, it I mean, you know, I'm let let Letitia Wright take over. Let Shuri take over as Black Panther. It's what happened. It it keeps truth to the story. Anyway, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It would actually but, work out in his favor, but I think a lot with Chadwick dying and with Kobe dying and a lot of people dying just in general. Um, dealing with mental illness has been so difficult, and so I guess where is the fine line between being feeling some type of depression and actually being mental Ill, mentally ill is, I guess, the question that's out there now because, you know, a lot of people have been dealing with a lot of stuff. So I guess that's the big question is how do you tell when it's an issue and when it's just, you know, I feel bad because somebody's went away mm-hmm. and um, it actually is there's something wrong. I need to fix it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's something we culturally as a group in those circles, like we need to be cognizant of, we need to be cognizant of our own mental health, but we need to make the effort to be cognizant and aware of the people around us as well. Because a lot of times we have those moments where we're not thinking of us and we're not thinking of anyone else and we're just going and sometimes for those people that are like that, like I'm one of those people, I just go. Like, and I just continue going. It's day after day after day after day after day. And it's like, it builds up. You build up that wear and tear. And it's like, I'm thankful that I have people around me that'll be like, are you okay? How are you doing? Have you eaten? Have you relaxed? Like, what have you done? And, you know, I'm in a place now with where I live, where I don't have anyone. I got my brother, but he's, you know, he, he's 10 years younger than me. He's off working, doing his own thing. So it's not like I have, you know, grandparents to drop the kids off to or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to, I, I always say, you got to make sure you take care of yourself before you could do for anyone else. Taking care of ourselves has to be a priority because that's how you take care of your kids, your friends, your family, whoever. And then once you've done what you need to, whether you're taking like, oh, I need to get away for a weekend, or I just need to now have a drink and decompress or whatever it is, you know, and then take five or 10 minutes to check on somebody else because we have to do this collectively because I think culturally we don't. Culturally, we just soldier on. We just I keep mean, going. And it's just like, you know, it's, it's, it's tiring. It's like 400 years of soldiering on. <laughs> like, you ain't lying, you brother. You ain't lying, cause you know as a matter of fact, Martin knows this, but today I was just gonna record because I was gonna do something and 
I kind of told him, look, man, I don't think I'm able to record tonight. And he was like, what's the issue? So I called him, we hashed it out, and it was like, you know, it's good to have that person you can talk to about your problems because, I mean, <sighs> keeping problems internally will drive you crazy. It, it really will. So I think by talking things out with people you really care about, make you feel a whole lot better. So Martin brother, I truly appreciate you because I really need that conversation that we had today because it's really important that you do talk to people about your problems. I mean, keep them inside and just tell you a lie. It really would. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it, it, it's a buildup. It's, it's a, it's something that collects. And Sandy noticed, she's seen it happen to me where like, I just shut down. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's because I just, it collects and it collects. It's like sediment. You know, it collects and it collects and there's different layers to it. And eventually there's going to be something that causes it to pop off. You know, and that's bad for everybody involved. So that's why, you know, doing, having those moments and, you know, I tell everybody that I'm close to, you know, if you need to talk, call me. I'll just listen. I'll try to help you work through it. You know, I come up with a dumbass resolution for it, possibly. You know, we're going to do whatever we need to do to get it through. But I'm about to kill one of my kids. Let's <laughs> <laughs> do that. Yeah, no. But no, jokes aside. I mean, you know, but that's the thing. That's part of my decompression right there. Like, just like just playing with them and wrestling with them and playing video games or watching a movie or whatever. Like, I just put on Black Panther the other day, and we just sat and watched it. Yeah, I had on today, matter of fact. It's like, it's, it felt to me he was alive, you know? It just, it was, I don't know. It's like, he ain't dead. And then it's over. I'm like, well, back to reality. You know? I miss Black Panther already. And we got a storm coming this way, too. It's like, no. Right. Look, I'm not going to lie. That I think that's what I was looking for, who they were going to pick for Storm and how that relationship was going to happen. They call it, it's called Karen. <laughs> they call it Sally. Call it Karen. Hurricane Ka oh, Tropical Storm Karen. It's called oh, you said, you said the storm coming. Wait, wait, wait. wait yeah. Wait. I thought you were talking about X-Men. No, the actual storm. Oh, yes, there is a storm coming. Yes. Yeah. It's X-Men. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool, but what? What's wrong, Sandy? I'm trying to talk. I can't hear. Oh gosh, my we can hear you though. Oh, we can hear you. Wait. Yeah. So wait, there's actually a tropical storm. Named there's another. There's another one named Sally. Karen. No, no, it's Sally. It's it's Sally. It should be oh. called Karen. It should be called Karen though. Yes. That's okay. what I was saying. Yes. No. I, was about to say, 2020 is officially I mean, look, we, we missed out on we missed out on Hurricane Josephine, which I was sadly looking forward to. Uh <laughs> as as a New Orleanian, uh Josephine would have been highly appropriate for a hurricane. So okay. uh Oh, okay. You know, oh, I, I, I we we'd have bunny hopped through that whole storm. Oh. That being said. <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean there's another one. It's it's hitting slide out like this week. Oh my god! Yeah, so yeah, catching it like left and right. <laughs> can't get away from it. I mean that's it's that time of the year. Yeah, but that that shouldn't be like Hurricane Christmas. Like that's not. There is a Hurricane Chris, but we're not gonna talk about him. But it's not gonna like 
it should not be a hurricane Christmas. That's not. Bruh. We should not be giving out on hurricanes like the like we're Oprah. It's just not yeah, something. You get a hurricane. You get a hurricane. You get a hurricane. Everybody not, gets a hurricane. That's not something that should happen. I'm nope. sorry. Over it. So, so speaking of mental health and kind of, kind of, kind of moving into the next topic a little bit, you know, I, I lost a sibling a few several years ago. Uh, matter of fact, prior to my oldest son Ian's birth, my sister had overdosed, and it was, it was one of the most difficult times because I, I didn't know my sister my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't meet her till I was in high school. She was older than me. Uh, and in that moment, like when I met her and our relationship and all that stuff like that, like it was still, it was still forming. Like we were still getting to know each other. And so she was dealing with a lot of demons and issues and things like that. And she eventually overdosed and passed. And that was a really, really traumatic time and it was a difficult time for me because Mm -hmm. someone who I had had kind of in and out of my life for a few years and you know who I I, you know genuinely looked forward to continue to have a relationship with and not only that but having a relationship with my kids you know her nephews you know and then all of a sudden she's gone and there's a toll that comes with that. And I, I really relate to when I see situations like that. Well, recently, uh, earlier this year, Dak Prescott's brother committed suicide. And it was after the onset of COVID. And he recently came out and was talking about it. And Skip Bayless, you know, popular sports commentator, everybody knows him. The asshole. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I hate him. Uh, I do. Marlon hates him because he's he he caps for Dallas harder than anyone on the face of the planet. And, but, Le- and LeBron James here too. And he hates LeBron, LeBron James. Yes. Uh, there's that stuff. Time, yeah. As, as a Raiders fan, he he su- he suspect to me, but continue. Yes. Yeah. yeah well, on. he basically said that Dak was being weak for expressing the fact that Dak was depressed. Dak had lost it. So the understanding of it was Dak was experiencing, he was feeling depressed because of COVID and everything that was going on. Then his brother passes. Not to mention, I believe it was their mother who was dealing with cancer or something like that as well. So you have all these things going on. And it's like, Dak's young. Dak's in his 20s. Dak's not 30, 40, some years old. Dak a kid, still, who has millions of dollars at his disposal and everything else. And, you know, whether you like the Cowboys or not, he's not a bad person. He's a good quarterback on and off the field. He doesn't get into trouble. He plays the game. You know, I mean, he, he's, he's, all things considered, not a bad guy at all. Uh-huh. On any other team, people probably be cheering for him just as hard as anybody else. And for him to and, and the the understanding of it was that his brother never really talked about what was going on and what was bothering him and what what he felt, which he felt like led to his brother's suicide. 
and he didn't want to do that. So he expressed what he felt, what he was going through. And as black men, that is difficult because with everything going on, it almost feels like you always need to have your guard up. Right. And then compound that with the fact that you're not only a professional athlete, you're a professional athlete playing the most difficult position in all the professional sports right now on one of the most visible teams in the world. Yep. You're a black man who is more visible than anyone else, you know, with the exception of like a few people. And for him to come out and express what he's feeling, I never saw it as weakness. For me, it's like he goes through it too. He got millions of dollars. He ain't got a worry or want for nothing. But he deals with things just like me, a regular, regular person does. And I can sympathize with this situation because I buried the sibling. Mm-hmm. I know what that feeling is like. And that's strength to me. Right. Because that's not easy to do. Because he could have not talked about it. He could have kept it to himself, went and saw his therapist, did whatever he needed to do, and nobody would ever need it to know about it. But in a time when you feel like a target as a black man. People think that these professional athletes are not human beings. They assume that they're robots. Right. They go out there, they perform, get paid millions of dollars. They go home to their, you know, big old mansion, fancy cars, you know, jewelry and all that stuff. But in the day, they just like us. Mm-hmm. They, they believe just like us. So for Skip Bills to say it was weak, that he made a comment, he was saying that, you know, the guys in the locker room respect him for doing that. Well, that could, that could be ammo for his other his opponents. I'm like, no, bro, that's just – that's totally off base. I think right. anything, it'll bring his, his teammates closer together because yeah. he's being so open and so honest about it. I mean, bro, like, he's going through something. Like, we all have our issues. And the fact that he's who he is, he plays Dallas Cowboys, he's highly recognized, and him being open and honest, like, look, I'm going through depression. You know, I'm going through it. I'm talking it out. I'm being open and honest about it, and that's that. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't be judged for that. So yeah, it's getting right. because of a fucking idiot. He, 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 <laughs> sorry, I, he pisses me off. He really does. No, like you said, I, stupid and shit. I get it, and I get that. And another perspective to take from that is you have to. Un- I watched the video, and when I watched the video, the first thing I thought about is Skip don't understand what it means to be human. And, and first, let me say that even in his video, he said, if I am condemned for how I feel, then so be it. You know, you can say that I'm being mean. You can say I'm doing all those things. But the thing is, is that as a human being, I don't care if you black, white, or purple. If somebody is hurting and they're telling you that they're hurting, they are asking you for help. They're not mm-hmm. just doing these things because they want... Um, they they want to most of the people who are on social media and tell you all their business that's because they want somebody to listen they want, and they, yeah. like they want attention like Dak is in a position where he gets all attention in the world he don't need attention right so if he's telling you i am having a depression homeboy could have literally said like marlon said gone to the therapist keep it moving but if he's telling you 
he is asking for help and he wants to make sure that he gets that help. Now, at the same time, saying that on social media, you're opening yourself up to critics like Skip and like other people that feel like that's a sign, that's not a sign of leadership. But the thing is, what type of leader are you? That's the question people should be asking. Are you a leader that you want everybody to listen to what you say? Or are you a person that works with people in order to get somewhere together? I mm -hmm. personally think, while I may not like the Cowboys, I think Dak is one of those leaders that works with his team to move them forward. So since he is kind of like a servant leader, I think he's okay with expressing himself like that because he knows that it's not going to be from a place of harm. It's going to be from a place of compassion. And while I respect what Skip said, because everybody's entitled to their opinion, I'm not, I'm, I'm not knocking that. I think he needs to understand the humanity side of it. And I think because of his age and the time that he grew up in with doing football, he's not going to get that. Yeah, Just point exactly. blank. He is never yeah. going to understand that because he's not going to be able to put himself in a position to see something from that, a different point of view. It's just not going to happen. And it's kind of like you can't make, a, I don't know what that saying is, you can't make somebody change colors or something like that. Once people are set in their ways, they're set in their ways. So how they think is how they're going to think. And for you to be able to have a different point of view, that's going to be hard these days. Because a lot of people want to say what they want to say and not feel any type of consequence from that. But Skip has to, under, I understand, I respect his opinion. But I really think in saying that, that he's not being human. And he's thinking that everybody should be a robot in order for them to be productive. That's, that's right. bullshit. Just point blank, that's bullshit. <laughs> I mean, also he, he says bullshit for the most part. <laughs> like, you think <laughs> that he says some stuff just to get ratings, which I, I kind of get. I mean, you're, you're on television, you got to say thanks to draw attention. I get that. But with this certain issue, you are dead wrong. Like, right. as an Eagles fan, I can't stand the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys with a passion. But by Dak coming out with this, I gain a whole new respect for him. Right. If, I, if I'm mature enough to understand that, Skip Bills, of all people, should be able to understand that as well. But he is so stuck just in his own ways that he can't see that, okay, my quarterback or my favorite football team is going through something. Let me applaud him for taking a step of using his platform to speak out for somebody mm -hmm. else because we're all going through something. Right. Maybe, like, I don't want to talk about my problems, but Dak Prescott, who's a celebrity, is using his platform to speak out on what he's going through. That should be uh, applauded, but Skip can't see that. So, therefore, he's an asshole. Fuck Skip yeah. Bayless. That should be a hashtag. <laughs> Fuck Skip Bayless. But do you think that's a problem with most black men? Like, black men choosing to be vulnerable. Do you think that that's an issue that has not been addressed yet? I've done a better job of doing that as far as black men being vulnerable and opening up about our problems. I mean, a big advocate for that, a big advocate of that is uh, Charlemagne the God. He's made it okay that, look, it's okay to be not okay. It's okay right. to just to say, you know what, I'm going through something. It's okay to talk it out, hash it out. Like, it's okay. Like, you don't have to be you know, Superman, like, all buff, like, nothing affects me. No, it's okay to just talk it out, hash it out. Like, it's, it's, it's okay. If they judge you, that's them. But I think once you talk it out, you feel a whole lot better. 
I think we still have a way to go as men, uh, especially when it comes to communicating how we feel. Yeah. I don't feel like there are a lot of safe spaces for men to, especially black men, to express feelings. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's it's feelings that are not associated with being masculine. Right. Because if you, you know, from what I understand, expressing your feelings makes it sound like you're gay or... You're weak or you're not or a man or whatever it is. And it's yeah. like... You know, I, I just look at my own experiences, you know, in relationships and in the past and times when I have expressed feelings and had them turned around on me. Right. And that's that's always, that's tough. Because it's like, I am being vulnerable with someone. I am expressing, I am opening myself up to someone only to get kicked. And that's that's very difficult. And that's very, that's hard for men to do again once it's happened once already. Like, But do you you think women are partly to blame for that? Like, do we make it difficult for you all to feel comfortable with expressing yourself in that situation? I think it's a number of factors. Like, I feel like women play a role in creating the space whether whether it's in a it's in a household or an environment or a friendship or anything like that like i i remember one time distinctly i opened up to someone i thought i could open up to and i was basically told stop being a bitch and it was just you know you need to man up you know and she she didn't say it like condescendingly or like but she was basically saying like you're not being a man if you act that way and part of it was her perception of what being a man is and i think that's that's part first part of the problem like we got to change the perception of what being a man is and then that'll give us the space to that'll give us an opportunity to have spaces where men can be vulnerable and express feelings and do those things without opening themselves up to humiliation or denigration. Like, I think it's, I think that's kind of where the start is. Like, you know, accepting the fact that men can be emotional and men can be vulnerable and men can have feelings and men can be upset and laugh and be happy and cry and do all of those things men are just as complex individuals and feel emotions just like women do. It may be different, it may come across differently, but we do that too. Then that's gonna create the space. I feel like that should be on the shirt. <laughs> Facts. That definitely should be on a shirt. That needs to be on a shirt, black men feel, or something like, I don't know what it could be because you know, it could be misconstrued different ways, but I really feel like that should be. Uh, oh yeah, black men hurt too. Yeah, but, <laughs> I, don't know. Uh, I cry. I cry too. <laughs> I don't know. No one thinks it could be a bad idea. I don't know. Black men, mm, black men cry. No. Well, Jay Z did make a song called "Song Cry," so that could work out. In my I know. Right? Oh, we all cry. Yeah, <laughs> something to that extent. Oh, uh, where we weep, we weep. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. 
That, that's a good idea, though. That'd be oh, no, like sure to, or ask that for it. After the episode, but I still think that should be on the church because it's it's important to understand that both sexes have something to contribute, and they both have parts of them that are vulnerable and parts of them that are strong. And trying to tie into this one way of looking at things, kind of like how Skip chose his one way to look at that you're keeping yourself from understanding the, the other potential that could possibly happen with mm-hmm. someone. So yeah, you seeing that being emotional, but you're not seeing, you know, how that being emotional could help him to be a better player on the field, on the field. Facts. Yes, exactly. You know, I feel more comfortable. I feel safer with my, my offensive line because they know I've been through something and I had to deal with family issues. So I don't have to worry about, um, you know, necessarily getting tackled. Well, I don't know because um, Dallas O line is. Anyway, um, point is. Right now. Yeah, that that that's not the point. Point is, is that you may be able to do better on the field because you're able to express yourself emotionally. And I think his teammates do a whole lot better job too. I'm going harder for him, just right. knowing that right. my quarterback is being open and honest. You know, I'm going much harder for him. Like, you know, this play may lack off a little bit. I'm gonna go ten times hard now because I know my guy, you know he's he's with us. You know, he's normal. He's human. He be just like me. So yeah, it's a suck though, by the way. Hey Dallas. <laughs> I don't like Dallas either, and I live here, so that should tell you something. Oh lord, I don't blame. Yeah. Oh, I feel so I feel so bad for you. It's horrible. It it really uh, is. Tra- and how they win or lose makes a difference in traffic. I never <laughs> I never understood that for my life of me. You lose every game, and traffic is hell and high water on two boats. I don't have time for this. I'm trying to get to work. That's why you got to leave extra early. I mean, look, I can tell it to you like this. You know that Dallas is going to lose uh, eight games a year. <laughs> I hope so. Oh, you're not going to give no credit. Okay. I can't talk because my team was not doing so well last year. I have hope for them this year, but you know, it wasn't. Your team is Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, uh, she's been a Raiders fan for a while. Yes, I, I have. mean, bad uh, yeah, I, I respect that. I think that'll yep. come up. I mean, yeah, yeah, good draft. So be yeah, right. we'll see. We'll see where that happens. But I still don't like the fact that they're in Vegas. So no damn, I like that in Vegas. Yeah, I do. I'm, I'm a fan of that. I think it's dope. Vegas, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know about Vegas. Yeah, I don't know about that either. Yeah, but man. yeah. Everybody want to go to Sun City. Mm-mm. I ain't got enough football in Sun City. You don't want to play there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, but like Vegas, Vegas has a community around it, like Nevada itself. Like, that's one thing that they, you know, you have to go to California. Or you know that, that you had to go to California to for football. True, so. but I think I think them being in Vegas is a new opportunity because you have a whole new fan base. Right. And also, you have Nevada all to yourself. There are no other cities in Nevada trying to come out with a football team. So I think they have a better chance. Plus, I like our defensive line this year. So right, we'll and then I'll say this: like Vegas has been coming up on sports teams. They got a hockey team who, in their first year, almost made it to made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yep. You know, then you get a football team. So it's like Vegas coming up. It's a good move for them. I, I like them overall as a team. 
I mean, I've always kind of been a, a Raiders fan since back in the day. That's lying. You work for the Saints. Like, you no, no, died. no, 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 no. I enjoy watching the Raiders. Yeah, Tim Brown. Yeah. Oh, Romanowski. Mm. Yeah. Let me name some OGs. Well, I play all the old people out your behind now, all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, watching Romanowski. Come on now. How about uh, Darren McFadden days? Darren Mc, be pre Darren McFadden, like Bo Jackson. I know, I know. Uh, who was they? Uh, who, Kenny Stabler? Uh, I no, not Kenny Stabler. Who was they? Uh, wasn't Rich Gannon their quarterback at one point? At one point, time, yeah. Yeah, Rich Gannon. Gannon the Cannon, yeah. I guess. I don't, I just. Mm. Jamarcus Russell. Some people are bandwagon <laughs> for what it is. Because after yeah. Marshawn Lynch joined, all of a sudden, everybody wants to be a Raiders fan. Right. So, so now, speaking of football, and, you know, football is football is, is happening. You know, we had our first game Thursday. Uh, so, something interesting happened. Um, so, one team did not come out. Houston did not come out for any anthem. Houston, oh, wow. Houston put out a PSA that said, we're not here for all the, for all the games. Y'all could, y'all could play a song. We want to see some real action. Wow. Houston, Houston stayed in the locker room for everything. They came out afterwards. And then afterwards, uh, Houston and Kansas City and the coaching staff went on to the field for a moment of unity. Okay. Yeah, it was supposed to be a moment of silence, and they were going to come together, lock arms. It was supposed to be a moment of unity, and it was the intention. There, there was no, there was no symbolism, except for them being united together. Period. Okay. That was it. There was no Black Lives Matter. There was no kneeling. There was no, no blue. No, there was nothing. No symbolism other than men locking arms, coming together. And the few people in the stands in Kansas City, fourteen thousand, found, found it. Fourteen thousand found a way to boo a generic moment of unity. That tells you all you need to know about where we are right now in twenty twenty. Thank you. That is exactly what it tells you. Because first off, you could catch you could catch COVID from someone locking arms in the first place, but they risked doing that in order for them to show how they felt mm -hmm. about what was going on. And right. you have the nerve to boo someone. First off, why you bought the ticket? You gave them your money. Booing them is not going to solve anything right. because they have your money so they can still get the pay for whatever it is that they may or may not be doing. Mm -hmm. That's the first problem with that. Secondly, if you are too dense to be able to see that that was a moment in time of collaboration in the midst of all the divisiveness that's going on right now, sit your ass down somewhere. You don't need to be in my stadium. I'm, I'm sorry. And you know Raiders fans get stupid. We get stupid. <laughs> but at least when we get stupid, we got a reason for it. Exactly. And you know what? Ryan Clark made a good point on uh, first take. He said, basically, if they did the same thing for, like, autism, they would hurt no booze. It was for, like, cancer, uh -huh. that would no one happen. It was uh -huh. for, for veterans, 
they got applause, whatever the case may be. But the fact right. they did it for black people, Nibu, they had it. tell you something. Let's just tell you something right there and there that they believe that fighting for black people is not the way to go. And they're still right. not understanding that they're making it seem like what we're trying to say as black people is we're trying to take over something. That is not what we're trying to do. First off, being in charge of stuff as it is, and people don't know what the hell they're doing, is already hell and high water as it is. But we're trying to say that as people, we are just as important as everybody else. And that's all we want. So people are misconstruing this whole idea of Black Lives Matter, making it seem like, oh, we're trying to take over the world. First off, I'm not pinky, nor am I brain. And I am not trying to do either one of those in order for me to be able to move forward. I can be in charge of my own world and be just fine. I don't feel the need to make y'all feel inferior. I just want you to understand that I'm important. And I, va- and I add value. And had right. it not been for me, then a lot of the shit that you have now, you wouldn't be able to have. Right. But that's a whole different ballpark. I, mm, mm. So now I'm wondering if this happened in Atlanta. Was anything would have happened? Were they would have booed? I don't think they would have booed. No, Atlanta's made it too many black people for that to happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it was like something like that or maybe Los Angeles? Maybe? I, I don't know, but they would have been on I'm fire not... too much. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like, like Oregon uh, and California are kind of burning down right burning now. Burning down right now, yeah. so they would have been worried about trying to get out smoke-free and get, well, you know. Like Baltimore? Back. They probably wouldn't move, but because it's in Kansas City, Missouri. I mean, in a way, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard I was yeah. like, okay. Well, you know, with us in the city, you know, the Saints are, they had, they recently put out their message that they, for the, for the program they're supporting, which is, uh, I want to say, you know, they're wearing like the Say Her Name and Breonna Taylor things. Uh, in support of, you know, her and arresting her killers and things like that. And so what you're seeing right now is more of the Laura Ingraham speech. Shut up and dribble. Just play. That's what we want you to do. We don't want you to have an opinion. We don't want you to be a person. We don't want you to do this. We don't want you to do that. Well, I mean, that's, that's not how it works. Like, they're people. They have opinions. They're entitled to their opinions. That's the First Amendment right. You know, so... You know, either either you take it with it or you don't watch. And it's like there's so many people that are saying, you know, well, I'm never going to watch again. Okay. You're still following. This has been going yes. on for months. You knew this was going to happen. If you didn't want to watch, unfollow. Go go follow some more right-wing bullshit. Go, 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 put, go press your mouth a little bit closer to Trump's tip. And, you know, do that stuff. You know, because frankly... You have to understand, social justice is popular right now for businesses, especially these large ones with large platforms. Mm-hmm. And it's the right thing to do, and it's what's going to continue to happen. And if you can't get that, you don't need to be around. Like, go somewhere where y'all can be racist and butt fuck each other. I love how Cat Williams said it in his, uh, like, that six-minute Supreme mm-hmm. clip he did. He said, I don't know why people don't realize that civil unrest is what happens whenever um, uh, social unrest is whenever uh, 
people in society don't feel comfortable and they want to say something against it. Because I think he's right. Like, you, you have to understand that if you have a country ran by the people, the people are going to say what they want to say. Right. And either you can, in the words of my husband, respect it or check it. So either way it goes, they're going to say what they want to say. And just like you have the right to believe that all lives matter, I have the right to believe that people who are my color, my shade, um, people who share my lineage and my ethnicity are important too. And you don't have to like what I say, but you have to respect it just like I respect what you say. Nice. All that. So. So, uh, so, so looking at this, we know that this is going to continue. We know that this is where it goes. We know that mental health is important and that we need to make efforts to ensure our own mental health is together to be able to create an environment for others to maybe voice their concerns or even just offer the shoulder to listen. Where do we go from there? Hmm. That is I mean, um, well, Sandy, I'll give it to you. I think we start with coming to terms with the fact that it does exist. I, I think that's mm. where we start is us understanding that people can have problems and sometimes those problems are more than just I'm sad for the day or I have something that's going on that's causing me to feel temporarily depressed. No, it's actually an issue. And once we are able to get over that hump, then it's educating others about safe ways to do that and giving them a safe space to do it. Now, I'm not saying that you go around, um, you know, feeling sorry for everybody. But what I will say is that you hear people out and how they feel. And if you know someone has some type of depression or they're dealing with something like that, then guide them in the right direction to talking to somebody to where I'm not saying it's going to be eradicated or stopped, but at least it can be helped. Um, I recently had a cousin who passed away and my cousin passed away by committing suicide. And one of the things that I regret is the fact that there was nothing I could do to change that situation because I wasn't there for him. Like mm -hmm. we hadn't talked for a while. And when I found out that it happened, it shocked me. But at the same time, I still felt bad because of the fact that this was something that he had been planning for a while. And Hurricane Laura just gave him the open opportunity to be able to do it. So um, I think if he would have had some type of belief that he could get beyond what he was experiencing and the depression he was feeling and everything else, I think it could, he would still be here. But because he couldn't, yeah. I mean, he's not here anymore. And I I regret my part in that. But, I mean, I also understand that that was his choice, no matter what would have happened. 
So that's all you could have done to prevent that. I mean, you can be 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 from all you want, but in the day, he's still a man. He's still an adult. Mm-hmm. He has to go about his business about you know being courageous and saying, you know what, I do need help. Right. I do had this issue, but right. I do think it's important that people do realize that again, it's okay not to be okay. Like we all have our problems. I mean, it's normal to have problems. If you don't have problems, something's wrong with you. You know? So yeah. I just think that it's fine. Just to make sure you have people around you who want what's best for you, who love you and support you and just tell them, hey, I'm going through something right now. I can need some advice. So just somebody just to listen, just don't talk back. Just let me just get it all out. Yeah. After I do, you feel better. Like you really do. I had with mine yeah. today. Like we talked. I felt a whole lot better afterwards. I just it talking out does wonders. It really does. So I advise people: look, forget being judged. People gonna judge you regardless. Just your own mental sanity is the most important thing. So exactly. There's that. You know, I I'll say this, and I. I think it's important to understand that it's okay to be selfish sometimes. Yep. You, I, I, I said it, I've said it a few times while we've been talking, but you can't take care of nobody else if you're not taking care of yourself. There it is. If your house is falling apart, your bills aren't paid, you don't have food in your refrigerator, you can't go out and do for nobody else because you're not straight. You know, it don't you can't you can't save nobody when you're not saving yourself. And that's that's just it. That's that's the bottom line of it all. So, you know, anybody listening to this, I encourage you to take the time to make sure you straight. And then I'm gonna be real with you. Finding those people that you can really talk to isn't always easy. I'm blessed to have people in my life that I've been I've been with and through things. You know, I've known both of y'all for 10 years now. You know, Sandy is more like 15 for us. Close to it, probably. Yeah, I mean, with 2005, it's 2020, 15 years. Ooh. You know, Marlon, you know, that's 2009, 2010, right? 2010-ish, yeah, so, you know, 10 years. So, you know, it's, 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 you know, y'all are two people I've known for a decade. And I know a lot of people don't have the luxury of having those friendships and having those people they can talk to. So, you know, for anyone listening to this and you need someone to talk to, you know, sometimes the people that will call you on your shit, sometimes the people that are going to be, the people that are going to be honest with you are the people that you want to talk to. Right. And honest coming from a place of caring for your well-being, you know, so I I encourage anyone to look for that. And if they're going through something, they have resources out there that you can take take advantage of. They have free hotlines. They have suicide prevention. They have free counseling hotlines. They have all that stuff out there that can be taken advantage of just to vent. So... You know, especially if you're a person of color living and going through everything we're going through right now. Right. So, Please do not do this by yourself. You don't have to. They got people out there, I promise you. You're not alone. So, in an effort not to to fight the urge to sing You're, Al- you're Not Alone by Michael Jackson. 
Yo, I felt I felt it in my spirit. I was, I was cue that right on my the, head. The minute you not alone, <laughs> I am here with you. It's my in my heart part that gives me Though every time. we're far it. apart. Okay. I'll do the whole thing. It just it started pouring out of me in my spirit. I'm serious. That was the impartation from heaven right there. <laughs> the lyrics came back to me the minute you said you are not alone. The I lyrics came you. back to me. I can't talk oh. about y'all because I used to sing the in my heart part. Look. With a butt with a button up shirt. All that. All that. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna tell you right now. We used to sing That's Man in the Mirror. Uh, every morning for school. Really? Yeah, every morning for school. I, where was that? Resurrection? It was Resurrection of Schaumburg. I can't remember. We used to say Man in the Mirror every morning. Like, First we of all, shout place. out to that Catholic school to actually, for actually being okay with Michael Jackson. Look, it was black. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, because we would do like the Pledge of Allegiance and starting with the man in the mirror. <laughs> Gonna, gonna change my way. Look, nope. all that, all I'm that. Because you know, it was it was a self-reflective thing. Like right. they, the the whole message and the whole purpose of it, obviously, was you know, change starts with you and things like that. So that's right. that's what that was always about. But it was we still. Just said, if it is to be, it's up to me. We're reaching for results. Like that was it. <laughs> that was the. That is that, that part. So, last thing before we go, football predictions tomorrow. We each have different teams. I'm going to start with you, Sandy, since you're our guest. You play, your, your Las Vegas Raiders play the North Carolina, well, the Carolina Panthers and their new quarterback, Teddy Bridge over Troubled Waters. The boys of North Carolina. I know. Don't raise up. Take your head up. Just the way you hit. Like like anyway, okay. so, so you, you, you got Derek Carr. You got Henry Ruggs. That's who they yeah. got right, Henry Ruggs. Yeah, Henry Ruggs. Mm -hmm. You got Jalen. Uh, who's that? Who's yeah. the running back yeah. right now? Jalen Richard? He's still the yeah. running back? Yeah, and I ride for my team. I do, but I don't know. CMC, baby. CMC. Something about that. And, well, you know what? You know what? I don't know, because I haven't looked at Carolina's um, defense line yet. So... I, I may go with the Raiders. I may go with my Raiders on this one. I'm going to okay. go with my Raiders on this one. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go with my Raiders just because I'm not saying Teddy is not qualified for it. Don't misunderstand. But Teddy needs people to protect him. Yes. And if you do not protect him, his hand don't mean shit. Just okay. point blank. It don't mean anything. And I feel like what from what I've seen, because I follow the Raiders on Instagram. Yes, I do stalk them. Don't judge me. Um, so we all do our teams, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I don't feel so bad now because I, no. I, 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 we do. I, I mean, I, yeah, I get all the notifications. So, um, I think the Raiders have been doing a good job of building up that line in order for them to be able to do what they need to do. So, I think I'm, I'm, I'm gonna roll with my Raiders this time. Okay, Marlon, you have a, uh, your your Philadelphia Eagles, your much maligned injury <laughs> injury riddled. <laughs> Bruh, I'm playing the Washington football team. Yeah, because they can't, they haven't figured out their name yet. They, they just the football team from Washington. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what it is for right now. That's what it is for right now. So, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. So, uh, it'd be the Pelicans. 
Uh, or the baby cakes. That was so stupid, the baby cakes. So the dumbest thing I heard, too. All right, we had a minor league baseball team. Uh, they were called the baby cakes. And I then they, they were called the Zephyrs. They were. They, they became, were in Zephyrs. Baby cakes, yeah. They, became, they renamed them to the baby Which they did that. They, they eventually moved away again, I think, or something like that. So it's so whatever. But that being said, what do, you, what do you see? How do you see? I say this the over under is 42 and a half, and Washington is a five and a half point favorite. They're a favorite? Five and a half points. That makes no damn sense. See, the only thing going for Washington is their D-line. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as the offense is concerned, I'm not really that concerned because – I mean, I like Terry McLaurin, but I feel like – Steven Sims. We got Dar- yeah, we got Darius Slay, so he should be able to help out with uh, McLaurin. So mm-hmm. we should win that game. But, yeah, I'm just – I'm so pissed off. Another, another freaking injury with Miles Sanders being hurt. It's like, bro, what a snatch. It's like it's – like, Bro, like, come on. Season just started. Everybody's been hurt. Like, we have – so, going into the season, we lost two offensive linemen who are pro bowlers at that. Before the season even started? Yes, yes. Bro. We lost Brandon Brooks, I think, what, a couple months ago to Achilles. And then last week we lost – well, a couple weeks ago lost our starting left tackle. We drafted two years ago. So, it's like, okay. Like, I'm used to about now at this point. Like, okay, hurt again. Out for the season. Okay. That's, that's, but, uh, not, that's not a good thing. So on y'all, on y'all injury report, on your injury report, Miles Sanders out with a hamstring, Hargrave out with a pectoral, Barnett out with a hamstring, Alshon Jeffrey out with a foot, Lane Johnson out is questionable with a ankle. Probably won't play either. Yeah, uh, all pro 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 bowl right tackle probably won't play. Mm-hmm. So I'm I mean, y'all got Jason Peters back though. Yeah, he's like 38 years old. Like, oh. Anyway, I think we should win that game, though. Yeah, I mean, I hope you do. I want Scott to get some reps. Uh, that was a great pickup in our fantasy league. Yeah, it was, it was. But I'm really looking forward to Deshaun Jackson, though. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Yeah, so, and I'm taking, I'm taking the Saints. Uh, that should be a good game, though. I think it's gonna be a shootout. Um, it's at three twenty-five, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so our rookie center Ruiz is gonna be out. Davenport is out, and uh, PJ Williams is questionable with a hamstring. And uh, Mike Evans is doubtful for the Bucks. I think it's questionable. Like at first, it was doubtful. Then it, He's, yeah, right now, it's uh, right now it's showing doubtful. Okay, I thought it was questionable at a certain point, but. Even though him being hurt, that's still, you know. Right. They still the got – Yeah, I mean, they still – and they still got a squad. It's not like, you know, you still got Gronk and Howard and Fournette. And all. Like, you got nine running backs, 12 tight ends, and 16 receivers. So, you know. It may work out for y'all. Yeah. I mean, Lattimore can cover somebody else, and it just – it makes our depth a little bit easier. Yep. But, yeah, I'm taking the Saints. Yeah, I don't do the Buccaneers. I, mm, no. <laughs> Come to think of it, no. I really don't do any Florida team, if I'm honest. I don't do Florida in general. <laughs> I'll be I, love, I love Miami, though. Miami's nice. I love Disney World. Uh, like, if Disney World was not in Florida, it'd be even better. See, I like Orlando. 
Orlando. I do. Like Epcot, one of my favorite places in the world. I can go get drunk in nine different countries and never leave Epcot. First off, that's not something you should do. Um, Secondly, I don't need that kind of judgment. Um, <laughs> you know, you can go drink like German beer and sake all in the same place. So, with that being said, though, uh, we have anything else, folks? No, it's been a pleasure. I had fun. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's, you know, we definitely appreciate you coming back and joining us again for this episode and sharing with us. And uh, once again, the talented, uh, educated, published, uh, celebrated, educator, writer, author, poet, uh, teacher of the year, J.W. Bella. You are like my flavor flavor. I'm really starting to realize that, except you're way cuter. Yeah, what I can. Yeah, you're way cute. Flavor, flavor. I don't do ugly friends, so yeah. That part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Marla, yeah. you got anything? Uh, two things. One, um, arrest officers who killed Brianna Taylor. Um, that part. Second thing. Second thing would be to uh, say thank you to uh, Miles and them for our new introduction song. It's oh man! Bell. Shout out to Miles. That, that track is fire. Yeah. Oh, last thing, shout out to uh Devin Bro for being our guest on our last pod. It was dope. It was fun. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So all right. And Sandy, any, any closing thoughts before we go? Um, you can follow me on at JW Bella Writes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um I am excited about my new book coming out. Um, it won't come out until next year because I still have to kill some people off. But uh, <laughs> when it happens, in the book, in the book, got, yeah, yeah, you got to kill some I people. I have to mention that. That, that that's, that's an important quantifier. That's a very important part. Um, and Black Lives Matter. Um, black women. BLM. Do, black women do not cheat. Girls do. And <laughs> black men don't cheat either. <laughs> Boys do. <laughs> do. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, just saying. I just thought the world should know. Black women don't cheat. Girls do. That's it. Um, and and my closing thought is uh, try Jesus, not me. <laughs> you need you right that now, These hands are for free. Yeah. <laughs> you need that shirt in your life. Which I, I got the hookup if you want it. Right. Right. She got the plug on the shirts. I got so, the plug on the shirts, man. And that's it. So, ladies and gentlemen, that was another episode of Daily Dollar Show Podcast. We appreciate y'all. Uh, listen, like, follow, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Uh, Anchor, Daily Dollar Show Podcast, Apple Podcast, Daily Dollar Show Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter now, Daily Dollar Show Podcast as well. Uh, we out. Peace. And that's another episode. Give us a like and follow on Facebook and Instagram at Daily Dollar Show Podcast. And listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more.